You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, we welcome you to another edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Uh, Coming up in today's episode, we are going to hear from defensive line coach Sam Mills III. Many of you of an older age like me might remember his dad, the late Sam Mills, uh, who, um, you know, um, played for the Carolina Panthers and uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, and uh, Sam Mills the third uh, has been an assistant under Ron Rivera in Charlotte, and made the move over to Washington, and now is coaching a very, very good defensive line. So we are going to hear from him, and as well on Tuesday we got to talk to. Ron Rivera again for a second time in training camp. Now, normally we'd be talking to him pretty much every day, uh, but because they're uh, really in the OTA kind of phase in period, um, we will get that opportunity soon to get to talk to him on a pretty regular basis um, as long as the season is going. I believe we'll be able to go out to, uh, I, I guess I can't call it by its old standard name, uh, Inova Sports performance center or whatever they whatever the corporate name uh, for the Washington football team is uh, and their facility I believe we'll be able to go out there towards the end of next week I don't have an exact date and day and schedule yet but it's getting close and um, the boys will be ramping up they're really more going through conditioning uh, and uh, now that the testing is Not that the testing is done, but the main part of the testing, physicals and the standard couple of tests that they had to take just to get inside the building. Now they're inside the building. Now they're on the practice fields. Um, They're still not they're still not wearing any pads or anything. And I don't even think they're really I mean, they're probably allowed to wear helmets. Yeah, they're, they're wearing some helmets, but they're not doing any kind of team related um activities per se uh, in terms of 11 on 11 or 7 on 7 that's not allowed yet uh, at this point so that'll all come uh, in the next week or so Uh, and again we'll be out there for all the practices and we'll bring you as much uh, information as we possibly can all right so on Tuesday again we got to talk to Rivera we also got to talk to linebackers coach Steve Russ uh, and he was an interesting guy, uh, military background. I, I didn't know much about him, quite honestly. I knew he joined from Carolina. Uh, very, 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 very well-spoken, intelligent, um, friendly, uh, articulate, everything you would ideally want. And again, I cracked on Twitter that a lot of fans don't care about whether a coach is nice or not. They only care about results and whether their players play well. Well, true, and I get some of that. If you're trying to change the culture, and if you're trying to really make a difference, and if you're trying to erase some of the bad stuff from the past, now, listen, it's going to go far beyond the coaching staff because, for the most part, we've had some really good coaches here. But the point being is when you have good guys that are on the coaching staff that are teaching the players, that are with the players the most, 
And when they're bumping around the building and they're on the practice field, it, it generally, generally will translate, right? If you have guys that are really good, smart guys, uh, again, friendly guys, and just good people like Ron Rivera seems to be by every account, that doesn't always mean he's warm and fuzzy, um, but generally that will all translate down. Again, that's that doesn't mean that Jay Gruden wasn't a good guy or Mike Shanahan wasn't a good guy. That that's not what that means. But I don't I don't think Jay Gruden was not a culture builder. <laughs> you know, he's not a culture changer. You know, Mike Shanahan was to some degree. And to a large degree, his legs got chopped out from underneath him. He couldn't really do completely everything that he wanted to do. I don't know if Ron Rivera is going to get the time to do everything that he wants to do. I don't know if he's going to be able to do everything that he wants to do. And I don't know if he's going to have, again, the matching success on the field to match the time that it's truly going to take to get all of the poison out because people are still going to be leaving. People are still going to be trickling out the door. You know, whether it's, I don't know if it'll be in mass numbers or anything like that, but trust me, people are still leaving. You just hope that by him having the good people in there that are working with him, that those are the extra eyes and those are the extra accountability type people that will keep that building and the football team and others in check. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to see everything. That doesn't mean that they're going to be able to stop everything. But I genuinely think that this mix of coaches is going to be looking for certain things that maybe other staffs weren't. You know, where they were more self-absorbed with, you know, just football, 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 and and trying to figure out a way, well, I think this staff is going to be a little bit more keenly aware of what has happened here in the past and what has to happen. Because when you work for Ron Rivera, everyone that we talk to says, look, he's tough, but he's honest, and you know what to expect, and he's real, and he's not going to BS you, and he's got an open-door policy. And I want to work for that guy. That's what they all say. So assuming that they're all saying the, the truth, which I have no reason to believe that they're not, you know, that's what you want to hear in terms of the people that are going to be most influential in the building on a day-in, day-out basis. They've got, again, they got rid of the cancer or they got rid of some of the bad apples and you need these people to kind of enforce Ron Rivera's style and philosophy and way of doing things because Ron can't see it all. So you need you know, assistant coaches and position coaches just to kind of keep people a little bit more accountable. I I just know from being in that building, right, like 
you know, coaches would walk around all the time and you just act a little bit differently when an assistant coach was around, right? You, you just, you know, you know, you might not be as, as loud. You might not be as, as rambunctious. You might not be as opinionated. You might not be as whatever. You might just act a little bit differently. But if you know, you know, that, that those guys are Ron's guys and, Anything you say could be noticed by one of Ron's guys, whether you're a player or an employee, potentially that could come back to hurt you. It could come back to help you. It could, you know, I don't know. I mean, if it's bad, it could come back to hurt you. All right. So let's get to this real quickly. Rivera, when he spoke to the media, talked about how Alex Smith, again, has bounced back great four workouts in a row, uh, no soreness, uh, no limitations. Uh, Remember, Colt McCoy wasn't able to do that last year. Uh, And it's pretty remarkable where this guy is at in comparison to what we went through at this time last year, Uh, right? Um, And nothing against Colt McCoy. I mean, Colt McCoy is a nice guy, but, you know, he just couldn't stay on the field. And here Alex Smith is coming back from this gruesome injury, and so far, so far, he's doing A-OK. So that's a really good sign. Um, Ron Rivera said about Dwayne Haskins that he is right behind Kyle Allen in terms of his mental grasp of the system. I mean, the way he indicated it was he's right, right there. And he even thanked, I think it was Ben Standing of The Athletic for asking the question in terms of where Dwayne had made, you know, the progress. Um, so he seemed very happy with where Dwayne Haskins is. So that's a good sign. And then Steve Russ, the new linebackers coach, talked about Reuben Foster. And he said, you know, look, I coach these guys. The only way I know how is, is you know, because – I need to make sure that they're ready mentally, even if physically they are not ready. And I thought, you know, that is pretty standard. But what was impressive to me about what the way Russ explained it was that Reuben Foster is calling out plays in the Zoom meetings, you know, based on whatever Russ is trying to teach them and whatever he's trying to show them. And he's making hand signals and he's verbally shouting things out so meaning he is dialed in and Steve pointed this out very specifically about Reuben Foster when asked how what kind of progress he's making but I mean he didn't have to say that and the way he said it made you think that Reuben Foster when he can play again is going to be ready to go number one and number two if he could be anywhere near the type of explosive athlete anywhere near then that's going to be a really good thing for the Washington football team. All right, and by the way, Dontrell Inman, the veteran wide receiver that we've told you about on the last two episodes, he is officially in the fold and passed his physical and uh, signed and under contract. So that is that. So he'll be, of course, here joining the Washington football team uh, to move forward. All right, so you have all that. Then we have Sam Mills the third, and Sam Mills the third, defensive line coach, inherits a great, great group. He met with the media uh, earlier this week, and we are going to hear a 
Pretty much all of that coming up next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. All right, and we're right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Let's hear from defensive line coach Sam Mills III. Back in, in February, you said you thought the defensive line uh, had some good depth in some areas and also needed a little bit of juice in some areas. I'm wondering kind of how you would evaluate this group now. Uh, I think we've added some juice. Uh, we've got a little bit of a little bit more youth in the group. Um, you know, we've added Chase Young and we've added uh, James Smith-Williams, uh, which are going to be big additions for us. You know, in this league, if guys want to pass the ball, we got to get guys to get after the quarterback. And, um, you know, we added two stout young men to go with the group that's already really good. So uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to this season. In, in Carolina, you were, were the game management coach as well. Is that something that, that you're going to continue here? And, and if so, what does that role look like? Um, no, I'll have my hands full with the front. Um, you know, in Carolina, we were fortunate enough to also have Eric Washington with us. So between myself and Eric, you know, we could handle that and I could help out coach with the game management stuff. Um, you know, here I am all hands on deck up front and coach will have to find somebody else to help him. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Sam. Rainan Walker with The Athletic. Nice to meet you. Um, so while you were in Carolina from 2012 till you all left, the Carolina Panthers led the league in sacks. How do you plan to replicate that here in D.C.? But also, what was the formula for success with Carolina? Um, well, first and foremost, you got to have the guys, you know. And I, I think coming in here, they've got a great group of guys, and we added a couple more. Um, secondly, I think you just have to teach, you know, the, our approach, our approach every day. Um, passing is not a sometime thing. I can't go into a game and tell you when they're going to run or pass. we got to be ready. And we got to take advantage of the opportunities. And uh, that's what this group is going gonna, is gonna to do. We're going to take advantage of the opportunities. People may come out and try to run the ball on us, and we're going to stop that. If they go to throw the ball, we got to be ready to rush. And then in terms of the defensive line, like you guys have so many potential combinations. You have obviously two first-rounders in the inside with Duran or with Jonathan. You have Matt Ioannidis, who led the team in sacks. I mean, how do you – get this I mean that's not even including the defensive end so how do you plan to mix it up with this particular group when you have so many capable bodies how do you see that or envision that yeah I'm excited about that some people see it as a problem I see it as you know a great opportunity to keep fresh rushers on the field to be honest with you um, a lot of these guys can play uh, they're going to learn to play multiple positions just you know in today's climate in the league you got to be able to be flexible um, so I'm looking forward to the different groups we can match up and basically, hey, I want you to go in, and when you're, when you're all spent, we got another guy coming in with fresh legs ready to go. So I think this group is going to lean on each other, and they're going to work together. Hey, Sam, Matt Paris from the Washington Times. Thanks for doing this. I just uh, kind of curious for, like, a defensive line getting out of the quarterback, where does it kind of start? Is it the point of attack, the get off? What makes a good pass rush? Uh, first, you got to know what your job is. you got to know your responsibility. Um, so, you know, we've been taking time out through this offseason on our Zoom calls with our players, and recently we've gotten them in the building to just make sure that they can learn the scheme. When you know what you're doing, you can do it fast. And that's going to be, a, you know, a big component of our defense is penetrating and attacking. And, um, you know, we're going to put pressure on offense and not just sit back and let them dictate to us what's going to go on. So I think part of getting after the quarterback is going to be, you know, just our approach to it and being more aggressive. And then um, something kind of unrelated, when a lot of players withdrew last week because of uh, coronavirus concerns, 
a lot of them were defensive linemen and offensive linemen. Is there something about maybe the physicality of the game that you see players maybe withdrawing this season because of COVID? Is there any correlation there? That I couldn't answer. You know, many people have many different reasons for, you know, opting out. Um, and each guy has his own special case. Um, you know, across the league, you'll see different guys doing it for different reasons. And, you know, as, as a coach and as an organization, you know, we listen to them and we understand where they're going with it. And, you know, we just have to go forward. Thank you. Hey, Sam, this is J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington. Uh, thanks for your time. I, I wanted to ask a little bit about Ryan Kerrigan. He's the, the veteran for this group that has been such a, a leader and an important part of this team for, for a while now. How does he fit into your scheme, and how do you rotate those guys on the edges and work in Montez Sweat, Ryan Anderson, just that collection of talent on the edge? Yeah, it's been a pleasure to work with Ryan so far. Um, you know, first and foremost, he's a great student of the game in the classroom. And then when we had a chance to get on the field, just to see him work and his approach to the game, very serious about the game. And, um, you know, he doesn't take anything for granted. He's going to be a great leader and mentor for everyone in that room uh, starting off. And as far as getting guys on the field, I mean, you know, a typical game, if we're playing good on defense, we should be on the field anywhere between 55 and 65 snaps. And you don't want a guy to play all those snaps. There's no need when we have able bodies, you know, to go along with them. So we can have a fresh rotation and everybody can get a piece. Thank you. Hey, Sam, Les Carpenter at the Washington Post. Nice to meet you. Uh, I was wondering what, you know, Ron Rivera talks so much about culture and what he wants to bring here. As someone who worked with him for all those years in Carolina, how did he build that? What did you see as a coach working with him in that regard? You know, as far as Coach Rivera's outlook on the culture, you know, I would tell our guys and I tell you guys the same thing. It's not a sometimes thing. You know, Ron is really a man of his word, and it is every day. And, you know, he holds his coaches to a high standard, and that bleeds over to the players. Everything we do is for one reason and one reason only, and that's to win. And if it's not there helping us win, we're not doing it. Um, Ron is a great guy to work for because you know what you're going to get. I mean, he, he's a wonderful human being to begin with. And I think everybody in this building and organization understands that and they've felt that over the past couple months, so it's easy to work for them. Um, but changing the culture is just when you do the right thing. You know, he says it's it's not always easy, but you got to do the right thing, whether it's easy or not. You have to do the right thing, and that's the approach that we take every day. All right, and that's defensive line coach Sam Mills of the Washington football team, a veteran assistant now under Ron Rivera in his second go-around, of course, was with Ron in Carolina. More from Sam next. All right, we're finishing up the Locked on Washington football team podcast with Sam Mills III, defensive line coach of the WFT. What sort of challenges are there just in teaching technique by Zoom and doing everything virtually throughout the off season, especially with a younger group. Um, did you have to get creative in any ways to, um, to be able to teach these guys without getting them on the field at all? Well, first and foremost, the, the, the challenge was, uh, you know, we're used to being in the room with these guys and being able to stand a guy up and talk technique. And um, the other thing was having his undivided attention. We're used to that. So we had to take into consideration that, you know, they're at home with their families. So 
every now and then there may be a little kid's head pop up on the screen or something. So, you know, you got to just remember to give guys breaks and, and let them deal with certain things in their house for a quick second. Um, but our guys did a really good job of locking in and focusing in when we needed to. But I, I think we just, as coaches, it forced us to, to kind of step our game up and, you know, using different apps or whatnot to test guys and keep them sharp. Um, but I, I think um, I actually like it. I, I like where it's made football go. I think it's made us grow somewhat um, and look down different avenues for different ways of learning. And to be honest with you, I, I think some of the universities have been using it already. So the guys were more comfortable than we were probably. And you, you looked at pretty much all these players, most of these players anyway, coming out of college. How, did that help you coming into this situation, just having some sort of foundation on who they are as players? Yeah, so a lot of these guys, I've actually, I interviewed them um, when I was in Carolina. So I had actually met most of my room before I got a chance to meet them as Redskins. Um, so that was big, you know, just having a relationship just from going and working guys out or at the combine or whatnot. And uh, I'm usually an on-the-field guy at the combine, so I had a chance to talk to most of these guys already. Hey, Sam, John Kine from ESPN. I'm curious about Chase Young. I know, yeah, there hasn't been a great opportunity to get him on the field a ton, but what have been your impressions from the meetings, from just maybe even some pre-draft stuff through, through now? Uh, the young man is determined. He's determined. You know, he's not just trying to come here and, and sit on what he did at his university or anything. He is here and he's ready to work and he's ready to compete. Um, he comes with that attitude every day. When we did get to see him fly around on the grass, you can tell he's been studying. You know, he knows what he's doing right now and it's not too big for him. And, you know, with a rookie, you always worry about, you know, kind of mental overload. And he's been really good so far. So I'm excited about his future. Um, and I'm excited about how fast he's picking everything up. What separates a lot of guys coming to this league with talent potential as a pass rusher? What's the separator going forward? So from college, you got to understand when you're in college, you know, some guys only see one NFL caliber player. You know, here you're going to see every day, whether we're in practice or a game, you're going to see the elite guys. And I think you got to work on your craft. You have to study your craft. You have to appreciate this game and the history of this game. And, um, you know, that's my job to make them understand in that room, we're going to take nothing for granted. We're going to study. We're going to study our opponent, and then we're going to attack. Thank you. Hey, Sam. Pete Haley with NBC Sports Washington. Everybody is really excited about this group's potential when it comes to getting to the quarterback, but how can you make sure they're better at stopping the run, and are there any players on your line that you think will be particularly key as you try to get better at stopping the run? So responsibility and accountability. You know, if we're going to lead our defense, which, hey, let's be honest, this room is supposed to lead this defense. If we're going to lead our defense, we have to be accountable to everyone. And, um, you know, Jack has built a great defense. And if we do our job, it'll all take care of itself. Just curious, we're obviously asking a lot of questions about the main players on the, on the defensive line, but there's some interesting guys potentially in the backup roles, from Tim Settle to – uh, the kid you drafted in the seventh round, Smith Williams, Nate Orchard, so on. Uh, as you studied their tape and, and kind of try to figure them out, what kind of stands out to you about uh, about those guys? So, I mean, let's you know, we can start with Tim. Tim is a talented, talented young man who's got a very bright future, and um, you know, he's been he's been learning from the vets, and he's been very, very active in the meetings. I can't wait to get him in here and start working with him. 
Um, the other rookie that we drafted, um, you know, James Smith Williams, he is very talented. Also, when you look at him, you know, you get really excited. He, he's got the size and the speed. And, you know, I, I know you guys all know his, his intelligence level, you know, with his, his future job outside of football already lined up. So he's a very sharp young man. Um, you know, when you talk about Nate, hey, Nate's another guy that I, I think can flourish in this system of attacking and not reading, you know, and just being aggressive. So I'm, I'm very happy about the guys we have behind our front line because I think, you know, in these seasons, you need all hands on deck. And you never know when you're going to have to rely on a guy and count on a guy. So we're getting everybody ready to play. Thank you. Hey, Sam, it's uh, Chris Russell from SI.com and 106.7 The Fan. Thanks again for doing this. Um, you mentioned versatility, and obviously that goes for interior defensive tackles in the 4-3 front, but also for ends. Do you envision being able to use guys like Kerrigan and maybe even Montez and Chase kicked inside and closer to the ball and therefore a little bit more of a direct route to the quarterback? Or do you kind of view them as just more defensive ends and playing you know, against the tackles more? I mean, I always take as many defense alignment on the field as we can get. So how many ever uh, Coach Del Rio allows me to get on the field, I'd love to get him on the field. But also with that, hey, if you can play inside and you're an end, I'm going to play you inside. The same thing for the tackles. If they can play outside, I'll play outside. Um, any way we have to get the job done, you know, on game day, you can only keep X amount of guys up. So whoever we have up on game day will be able to play up front. Thanks. Oh, uh, can I ask a quick follow-up? Uh, losing Caleb Brantley, um, you know, I, I mean, I know you have a lot of talent, but is, do you guys view that as kind of a significant loss because of depth and because of what he could have been, or how do you kind of meet that out? Yeah, I always hate losing a rusher. You know, he's got some tape he put together in college, and he was just, you know, really getting his feet underneath him in the pros. So I always hate losing a young, talented guy. But I understand, you know, the dilemma he, he was dealt with. So. Um, you know, we get them back, we get them back, and I, I hope to. I always love having rushers. Challenge ahead of you guys in terms of building a culture instead of coming into a place where it already exists. So it's funny. We look at that situation kind of like with Carolina. And the reason I say that is this. When Ron came into Carolina, we were dealt with the, uh, the lockout. So we had to get through that. You know, we had a new quarterback, and we were basically used to building from zero. Um, and culture-wise, we changed the culture there, and it, it was a day-by-day -day step. So this challenge to us, it's, it's nothing new. It's just, you know, different names and different personalities, and um, we're prepared for it. All right, and that's going to do it for us right here on the Washington Football Team Podcast. I'm Chris Russell. As always, you can email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com, russellmania09 at gmail.com. If you have a question, if you have a complaint, if you like something, whatever, uh, we will try and address it uh, as best we possibly can. Thanks for being with us. Ron Rivera, will, you'll hear from him on the next episode, uh, the old head coach, and then we have players to come uh, after that. So we'll be hearing from members of the organization very much on a regular basis coming up in pretty much every episode from here on out. All right, thanks for being with us. Adios.